Hello and welcome to Economics of Learning. I'm your host, Don Killingbeck, and in this episode, we're gonna talk about building a K-12 school budget. Although budgets are numerical and logical, the process is much more of an art than a science than one might expect. Budgets have numerical value statements, and in their best form, they represent goals, visions, and aspirations of an institution. So as you look at a school budget, you're really looking at a value budget, a value statement for that school district and that organization. Many of those, before you get too judgmental on it though, are fixed costs that you can't control uh, outside of uh, the network or the framework within that school system. So the first thing that you do in creating a school budget is create non-negotiables for that next school year. So what items are you not willing to give on? What are some things that when you look at your goals, visions, aspirations as an institution, that they are very, very important to moving forward? Next up is really you look at things that are very fixed. So for example, special ed review and focus. Look at your special education uh, numbers, your cost, your focus in that department, and what is the return on investment? What are you seeing year after year? Special ed is one of those things that have legal requirements, and so you wanna make sure that you're meeting all of those. But you also, more than that, you don't wanna just have compliance because you wanna make sure you're meeting the needs of those students. Federal and state programs is up next. So the third thing you do is really take a look at your federal and state programs. Those are typically your uh, at-risk title programs. And you're looking to see how much money you're gonna anticipate receiving and how are you gonna use those dollars. It is just so mission critical that you examine this every year because these dollars can go up or down depending on your, your numbers of at-risk students. And if you don't examine this, you could have a program that is inflated way bigger than what you're actually receiving. So it's something you'll wanna do and make sure that you are in line with the dollars that you're receiving, that you're developing a program. Typically, a lot of times, if you have a low at-risk population, your program might cost more than the dollars you're receiving. And so that's it's pretty typical, but you wanna keep it within reason. Again, though, you also wanna know what's the return on investment? What are these programs producing that you have funded? Next up, this one's always a hard one, but it's staffing. And so in developing a budget, it is very critical that you look at your student count how many students that you're gonna have at each grade, each uh, building, and then you, you generate a number based on that. So for example, if you have X number of students, your class sizes that you're shooting for are 30 or less or 33 or less, depending on what it is, you come up with an FTE, a full-time equivalent of the staffing needed for that building. Beyond that, though, you have to realize there's going to be some level of inefficiency, uh, particularly at the, the secondary level. As you move from elementary to secondary, the complexity of teaching certifications and such make it near impossible be, to be super efficient, but you're gonna wanna make sure that your staffing numbers are in relation to an, an efficiency 
uh, level that you're comfortable with. And that's going to go back to the class size, whether it be 20, 25, 30, 33, whatever that may be and whatever your district's goals are, that's going to be important that you at least know what level of efficiency you're at. Next up is in, in most schools, most of the budget is trapped in HR. So typically budgets I've dealt with have the HR number in the mid 80 percentile. So 85%. A lot of times that looks a little bit different because it might be 75, 78%. And then you have purchase services, which are typically HR. You might be in partnership with another organization. You might use a third party contractor. And then you look at that number and that's uh, additional percentage on top of that, which usually gets you into the high 70s uh, or 80 percentile. So most of the budget is trapped in personnel. So it's so important that you look back and make sure your staffing numbers are aligned with some level of efficiency. You're going to review next your non-HR line items. So what are things that you have that are expenses that are going to be annual. They can be anything from your natural gas to the cost of textbooks or subscriptions. You're going to want to review all of those items. You're going to either maintain, decrease, or increase the budget line items. Typically, uh, those are small, small dollars in comparison to the large picture. So if 85% of your budget is people, and then you can imagine that you're gonna have some, some fixed cost with heating and cooling and lighting and things like that. And then by the time you get to the items and then you're gonna have some maintenance costs that are very fixed that you have to maintain and keep up. And then after that, you're gonna have a small percentage of dollars that you actually get to allocate. So it's really important for you to review that, make sure they're going where they need. I typically like that zero-based budgeting when it comes here. Uh, typically don't uh, assign the exact number that they got the year before in that budget line item. Uh, Want to know what kind of value, you know, what kind of things are we purchasing uh, that are creating uh, value and increased student achievement and, and improving that student experience, that parent experience. And then it's really a rough draft. The first round of, of budget, this is a refining process. It probably will, will not look pretty the first time out. You have multiple factors and depending on what state you're in, but if you're in Michigan, you know, that's some of the numbers you're gonna get early on change and they change even after your school governance team adopts the budget. You have that uh, change uh, from the state level. So it's, it's really kind of a, a read the tea leaves at some time but you have to have a first round draft, typically early spring, and then you work from there and you go right through these processes again. You go back to what are the non-negotiables, you review what you found out with special ed, you look again at your federal and state, and then most importantly, your staffing, make sure that you're efficient, make sure you have programming that is gonna be in line with what your school district expects and needs and your students expect and need. And then you're going to look at all those other non-HR items. You're going to either maintain, decrease, or increase those. And then you're going to have that rough draft and you're going to keep refining, refining, refining. Uh, governance team 
weighs in in multiple ways. They weigh in typically up front and kind of set, hey, this is what our expectations for fund balance is. Uh, they weigh in during that process as, as you have typically budget amendments. And then final approval. So sometime at the end of the school year, which in the state of Michigan is June 30th, you have a budget approval for the next school year. At that same time, you actually have a final amendment for your current school year. And uh, uh, later in the fall, you have an audit. So this is a very complex uh, you know, item when you're developing budgets. Really strongly encourage you to take your time, but also examine, 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 ask questions, uh, look at your budget deeper, and be, be very thoughtful and introspective about what kind of items are important to that school district. Most of your costs are fixed. Things that you can't do anything about, like retirement costs. Uh, you, you know if you have 100 kids in kindergarten, you're gonna need four teachers. It's just that simple. So realize a lot of those things are very fixed, but how do you do this? You just continually go over and over and refine and refine that process and, and look for efficiencies. If you have any questions, feel free to give me a shout out at my email. Thank you for tuning in to Economics of Learning.